more they're learning. This is the only fucking podcast about the Sopranos. So what, no fucking ZD now? Tonight on No Fucking ZD, we're breaking down the third season premiere of Mr. Ruggiero's Neighborhood. We're going to talk about the FBI bugging Tony's house, Adriana's tennis lessons, and uh, the future of Tony's pool. It's season three of No Fucking ZD. Yo! All right. Welcome to season three of No Fucking ZD. We did it. Did what? <laughs> <laughs> it, if you know what I mean. Uh, welcome, guys. We're back for yet another season. It feels like it's been like a full seven days since the, since season two ended. It feels like it's been like like two whole seasons since we started this whole thing. Yeah, kind crazy. Of. Time is very strange like that. Yeah, yeah I know. It's just weird. Flying by. Um... Excited we're, to be here. We are. We're back in record time because mm-hmm. uh, we didn't want to hear it from you guys. <laughs> exactly. Frankly, we're afraid of our fans. We are terrified <laughs> of all of you. Please stop sending stuff to our houses and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're getting right into season three. I'm going to say right at the top here, I think season three is my, fav- my favorite season. I think. Really? Yeah. It's because of that um, police Peter Gunn mashup. Only it? because of that. I'm a huge, huge Sting fan, specifically. And um, so anything with him. Yeah, in Peter it. Copeland, Stuart, Co- sorry, <laughs> St- Stuart Copeland and the guitar player, whatever his name, the guitar man, the, way off the reservation. There you go. Sting yeah. is the man. Exactly. He was. Look, I, I'm going to go way out on a limb here and I'm going to I'm going to just start it right off the bat with some controversy. OK. I think that that police Sting, uh, that police Peter Gunn mashup is like the most horrible musical abomination in like no. the entire history of the show. No way, really? I hate it. It totally ruins that episode for me. Interesting. I actually, I'm a huge fan of it, and I feel like that, like... Did you download it on Napster when it came out? I might have. <laughs> I honestly might have. Napster or Kazaa, I think I was using at that point. Ah. But this this was the episode. This aired in January 2001, so I was like just about to turn 15 or 16. I forget how old I am. Um, Shit. Which is weird because I'm 65 now, so <laughs> a lot of time has gone by in between. Um, but this was like I, I like I watched season one and two kind of scattered. But after this episode, they actually aired this episode and the following episode the same night. It was like a one-two punch, just from oh, like so a nine to eleven block. Sort of like how uh, they did like a two-hour season premiere of Vinyl and stuff like that. Now, yeah, but they they actually did stop for credits like in between. Which, first of all, by the way, great opening credits in this episode. Yeah, specifically this episode. Un. Believable. Yeah, but they actually, it was like they aired this one and then went right into uh, Proshai Lavushka. Um, but uh, oh shit! So that was that was it for Livia. Yeah, this was you knew yeah. right off the bat. Well, you would actually she actually died like within days of the season two finale. Um, so she it had been about like nine or ten months. Since so she, they were already shooting. Um, oh no, they were no they they would have been wrapped. They CGI'd yeah. her ass. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they did <laughs> specifically her ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That. Um, She's but, waving her hanky. Yeah, but she she had I think been dead for a couple months at that point, so they knew going in. I think that they did it did still kind of throw their plans off a little bit. We talked a little bit about their um, you know, the season three that never was with her testifying against Tony for the airline ticket scam. So they, right. I think they had some of that, you know, the, in mind already and, and kind of planned. And then unfortunately, she did pass. They knew she was sick, so they kind of knew it was coming at some point. Yeah, um, well, she. I mean, she. She was. She had a good run. She did. She had a great run. She yeah. wasn't. You know. She. She sounds like she had a cool full life. She acted a lot. Um, 
I don't know anything about her personal life, so I'm going to stop there. <laughs> but I'm assuming it was a great life. Did she do like a Tums commercial or something at some Maybe. point? Maybe. She was in the Mentos commercials back in the day. And I think they even had her in the Foo Fighters video of the spoof of the Mentos commercial for Big Me. Is that true, actually? No, none of that is true. <laughs> Absolutely none of that is true. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they knew that she wasn't coming back. And I, I feel like that's kind of what happened with this episode. It, it, I, I, I love this episode, but it does kind of feel sort of thrown together a little bit, like in the editing. And like it's really kind of light on story, which yeah says something for this show because usually it's pretty light on story well yeah so so the actress playing livia dies and all the fbi guys are like oh my god this is our moment (laughs) exactly (laughs) finally we're gonna get top billing on on the cast list um so yeah i think that and then to kind of like you know uh ease the fans pain a little bit uh they premiere both episodes in the same night because not really not a lot happens in in mr ruggiero's neighborhood but then of course a lot happens in uh prashaya lavushka next week the next Um, one and 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 we learn about a lot of things and mm, we're not actually i love learning we're not actually (laughs) we're we're not actually gonna do what HBO did and premiered no. two podcasts. <laughs> we don't have the time, evening. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, we're, we we were kind of excited about this one because it's not very meaty, you know. That's very true. We're just going to squeeze it out and call mm-hmm. it a night. In fact, let's talk about our new format. Well, we have a new intro now. We do, yes. What do you think? I made that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's not true. I haven't made the new uh, intro. Yeah, we should listen to it one more time. Spoiler alert. Oh, this is the only fucking podcast about the Sopranos. So what, no fucking ZD now? So whenever you hear that, you know it's time to yeah. take your pants off and just listen to some NFZ. Yeah, you we're going to do mean? a little Pavlov dog here with you guys. A <laughs> yeah, little, this is a big social experiment. We're going to play that every time. Every time we play that, please take your pants off. I can't believe HBO that. turned that down. Yeah. I, I, I pitched it to them as the beginning, actually, mm-hmm. of... The, the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's just been waiting on your hard drive for almost <laughs> eighteen years now. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we have a, a we have that new. We're we're moving up in the world. I think a little bit. We're taking season three a little more seriously. We we decided to watch five minutes of the show. Yeah, and our our moms have just said that we have to do a little bit better if we're going to mm-hmm. keep doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not paying for this this studio yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's it. They this said they're like, shutting down the studio. Yeah, they they were already expecting a return on their investment, but uh that that it hasn't quite happened. No. Um we've gambled away all our podcast yeah. earnings, is the truth. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Anyhow. Anyway, so but I mean, do you think they pre- may have premiered both episodes in one night because people knew that the actress died yeah i think that like you know because uh, i think that the talk leading up to the season was just like well what are, what are they gonna do like there's no way the show can go on like what's gonna be you know the tension where's this where's the who's gonna be the bad guy now you know now that she's gone everybody right yeah i mean everyone always kind of was but she was really the main bad guy you know um, yeah, for sure. And uh, so it was like highly talked about. I mean, th- this t- you have to remember too. Like after the big pussy getting killed episode or the season finale last week, um, like this was around the time that the show was suddenly everywhere. Like this, it was it was a huge deal. I think in season one and two, but like right, I right, remember, right. you know, that I re- HBO really ramped up marketing coming into season three. They knew they had something good on their hands, something big on their hands too. You know, well, I feel like after the end of season two, it was. I mean, people that probably had a lot of ripples that people heard about, even yeah, even folks who didn't watch the show. Right. It was exactly it was becoming a huge crossover hit. It wasn't like Oz before that, where like you know critics loved it and if you had hbo you watched it and loved it this was like your average joe um who's very average average tony um the average tony out there joe the plumber yeah they were they were now you know getting hbo subscriptions just to keep up because there was just it was becoming a part of the national conversation um 
the water cooler talk, if you will, <laughs> which is now is just an internet comment form or this, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> this exactly. This is the true water yeah, cooler yeah, yeah. talk they now. Didn't, they, oh, they didn't have podcasts back then. No, I guess not. The they world just was had, a better place. It was just like Howard Stern <laughs> talking about how, so how, how much about he loved the show. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was starting to just be everywhere. Um, it was it was they were you know these this like this cast of nobodies were suddenly were suddenly celebrities and the show was just a huge huge hit and uh i think the season four premiere was the highest rated episode probably aside from the series finale the season uh, four premiere yeah that, i remember that being because i mean we'll we'll get to that i guess but there was like that's we might <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> who knows actually um but i would say probably before that that the season three three premiere was probably pretty big too. I would imagine. Yeah, I, I don't sure. know. I, I mean, I'm sure. And, and and this is this episode's a crowd pleaser. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, you can't do an episode like this all that often because let's be honest, nothing happens in this episode. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's the show. <laughs> so, so we can't do a podcast about it. Um, I'm surprised you don't like the music choice there, though. Actually, that's, that's I, funny. I think it's a good music choice. I think that mashing up Peter Gunn with I I I like when I first heard that I was like. All of the sound, uh, all of the Sopranos fanboys mm. are going to go download this shit on Napster and like make people listen to it. I think that's what I heard. That's funny because I remember making my friends watch this episode, <laughs> and yeah, probably because of that a little bit. Probably talking up the Peter Gunn like super hard. There, yeah, well, there was a lot of stuff that I liked about the episode. I, I Christopher makes me laugh in the one short scene he's in. I remember quoting him um, saying, "Nothing seems crazy anymore. The older I get, like that <laughs> yeah. cracked me the fuck up when I first saw it." He's supposed to be like twenty five or something. In I guess, right? He's pretty young. I mean... He's in his 20s, yeah. I, I think that... No, I, I think it's a good music choice. I think it makes sense. But also, like, the literal I'll be watching you. I mean, come on. It is. It is literal. But, you know... Like, was did David Chase call in sick and they, like, slipped one past him or something? No. A- allegedly, the story goes that his wife uh, suggested it. She heard the... There you go. The similar bass There you go. The similar the, bass the, line. the smoking gun, <laughs> dude. Um, How much money do you think it costed to get that mashup done? In like, when, when was this episode made? 2000, like this, it premiered in January two thousand one. So okay, yeah. so January two thousand one. Back then, computers were stupid. Right. To be honest, mm-hmm. how much did it cost to get that made? Whereas now, you could email any kid with a fucking laptop. They. To, to just do that and they'd yeah they'd make like a crazy cool version of it i don't i mean my guess is is that it cost whatever the rights of those songs were and then they just had their editor play around with it probably you know it's yeah. probably just like all right we're leaving for the night you just had that ready for us in the morning and some editor stayed up all night long <laughs> putting that song together and then they threw it into the show that would take like 40 minutes now that's the thing yeah, but they maybe yeah. I don't know. You're the music maker. You're the music man. <laughs> so I don't know. Nothing. Just uh, the wallpaper. Man. <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I liked it though overall, and I do think yeah, it's definitely on the nose with the I'll be watching you. But there's something kind of funny about it because you know the show. If they did a good job of demystifying the mafia, they did a great job of demystifying the FBI too. You know, I think that's true. Um, I think and, that's true, and that's a good segue actually. Uh, but oh, right. but finish your point. Well, I was just gonna say, in my head, it's kind of like, like that's Agent Harris's best day in like six years when they finally get the bug in at the end. Like when so he's, he's probably hearing, he's probably whistling like, that at the urinal. Like <laughs> I kind of feel like it's it's in a funny way to me. It's kind of like you know that's like their soundtrack that they're kind of almost hearing in their head where they like you know so it's it's a good way he's to kind that of bucket hat and the Lands End polo. Yeah, yeah, but and but and they're just all super excited and, and gunning for it. Um, and so I kind of think it's it's a funny it's funny in just a tongue in cheek way about that where like you know. Um, 
you know, the show is just so much about just the regularness of life, as we keep saying. And I feel like right. we're seeing that version, the regularness of life for the FBI guys, where like a lot of the time it's probably very boring paperwork. They're all kind of like, eh, not really into it anymore. You know, they complain about having to like fly out to Denver to to investigate some mosque thing, you know, they're, and oh, but yeah, then when they have hilarious. these exciting moments, like they probably have this like soundtrack going in their head that, you know, it's just it's just fitting and very funny to me. I think he's undercutting them in a funny way. That's, and then uh, that's OK. So that's that's funny. That makes sense. OK. I like it now. All right. So we'll see you next <laughs> week. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, I like I think that talking about the FBI is really important here because like mm-hmm. I think that what's great is that the FBI becomes a character in the show when you sort of least expect it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that they're always on the wings, just like yeah. kind of waiting for their moment. And, and they, they, sw- sorry, go ahead. I was just, I was gonna say, speaking of that, you made the comment last week that like Tony's probably been bugged for years and they confirm it in this episode. Right. That, that he's been, they've been tapping every one of his phones for the past four years, which is fucking crazy. I remember. So you were right. Yeah, yeah I was right. Anyway, um, go on. I watched an episode <laughs> ahead. I'm really sorry. You what? So, <laughs> um, but like it, they always use these great moments to reveal the FBI mm-hmm. and to go into their world. Like you know, when we first uh, when we first see them, basically in the mm-hmm. first season, uh, at at the the dinner where Junior becomes boss. Yep. Um, and we get like the cool the cool rap tune. Yeah. You know, some some slick like late nineties trip hop. It's like Exhibit featuring somebody. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And. Uh, Exhibit featuring somebody, precisely. (laughs) Uh, But, like, you know, those are really great moments, and I think that the season opener is a nice time Mm -hmm. to just be like, you know what, things things have been a little crazy on the Sopranos front. Mm -hmm. Why don't we just, like, go with these guys for a minute? And I think it's really nice because it sort of gets us ready to get going with mm-hmm. like what what sort of starts to become the meat of the series, which is like seasons three and four, yeah, agreed, and, and five and six mm-hmm. A and six B. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, seasons one or one and two are amazing, but like, you mm-hmm. know, it's really like the show has sort of come into its own. <laughs> but now we're sort of taking a break from that because, yeah, you know, yeah, as Exhibit says, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, um, fourteen minutes. That's it. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, I, I agree, and it's it's fun to you know also see like the main characters that we always follow from like a totally different perspective. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, just to see really, I mean, the whole episode it, it reminds me of House Arrest a lot, just about like how really most of life is just very boring. You know, um, even when the FBI is kind of like listening in on this major criminal, this, this they're doing the sting operation, they're right, trying right. to like take down Tony Soprano. The most they get is him just saying, or is, is Carmelo telling him that he needs more roughage in his diet? You know what I mean? Like, it's just so fucking boring. And really. listening to Hotel California fucking exercising. Right, yeah. Um, and so we're kind of made to feel that way. Because, I mean, let's face it. Like, you know, Stasiu and um, I can't think of the maid's name right now. Uh, those scenes of them in the park talking about his citizenship test and his life. <laughs> they're keep they're very boring. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, they're funny, I guess. But they're they're really boring. Yeah, um, well, it, it, but it, I mean, with the whole FBI thing, it also just shows it shows how much like dumb, like really boring work goes into mm-hmm. waiting for those moments where Tony drops a breadcrumb for them. Exactly. But it also shows their propensity to catch anything that falls through the cracks with him. So he mm-hmm. does have to be really careful. Like, yeah, he's very well educated about it. He's not an idiot, but like at the same time, it's like if they're spending all this time to like maybe have a lead somewhere at some point right you know it's yeah. like one of those things where 
you're just kind of like, all right, well. But I mean, the other thing, the other thing is though that I find endearing. <laughs> we'll go out on a limb with that word, endearing. Sure. Um, is that you know Tony has been bugged a lot. He's he's had people with wires around him constantly, and we find out in this episode that he hasn't said jack shit. Yeah, which is kind of awesome. Yeah, I mean, Tony, he's a cool guy. Yeah, he's great, <laughs> and we want him to to succeed. Yeah, I mean that the transcript of uh you know the conversation that that pussy picked up on his on his uh his wire of yeah. them. Uh, uh, first of all, that's like uh, like it turns out the pussy was like really trying to get a lot on him actually because he brings up the Bevel Aqua hit like trying to get him to talk about that. So, you know, we always knew it wasn't just, like, the Picayune shit that he talks about. Right, right, right. right. But um, I don't think... I, I didn't think it was... The, I didn't think he would bring up the murder, I guess. It was kind well, of also, shocking to me. I forgot about that. It is shocking to me because, also, that doesn't really follow the storyline super closely, like, the fact that... Um, Puss was there, the fact first that, of all. Yeah, the fact that Puss was there, mm-hmm. and, like, wh- how would Tony, like, talk about it without revealing that Puss was there? Yeah, you know that's, I mean? that's a good point. And he lied to Skip about it. So, I mean, I right. don't know that 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 that's sort of a funny detail for me. Bit of a bit of a sticking point. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's yeah, it's kind of for the exposition a little bit, you know, yeah. like because then immediately they we learned that the FBI has kind of accepted that Pussy's probably gone. Well, Skip says it yeah. with little emotion, you know, for this guy that he spent so much time with. Well, he made an effort in the in the final episode of the last season to yeah. detach himself a little bit, and they knew that's this true. was probably either either uh, he calls him compost, which is I know. Like really brutal. Yeah, first of all, <laughs> yeah. He's, fish food right uh but (laughs) you know i mean it's it's one of those things where i i just feel like they're like it's it's a cliche moment sort of for me you know what's that the where it's sort of those moments that we talked about a lot last season like you know a week ago um where, (laughs) where like you know we had those moments where things weren't explained to us well in this one things are really explained to us yeah like like where skip's like Okay, here's how Tony likes to talk into his house. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like everything is there except like the montage of Tony like flipping it, like the slow-mo of him like flipping on the thermostat. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And so I'm sort of like, all right. Yeah. You know, like like this is a good episode, you know what I mean? But yeah. there it has these moments where I'm like, okay. And like mm-hmm. this doesn't have strong replay value. This isn't a getting home and getting stoned and like, oh, I'm gonna watch this episode. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. I I guess I mean maybe for me it's like some nostalgia just because I, I I very vividly remember this premiering it's and just watching the song, it. song, isn't it? Well, well. So I guess what I like <laughs> about it though is like it it does kind of like verge on that like super you know network TV procedural like you're saying I guess right. basically. But then it totally like just takes that left turn in typical Sopranos fashion by like playing this song, which is just utterly ridiculous. Yeah, it is. I guess I just like how absolutely absurd it is. It is absurd, but it's and and I will agree that it's an important episode in that it gives us uh, some of the ecosystem around them. Mm -hmm. So like we've got Carmela going to her tennis lesson and this like super mundane thing. Yeah. Where like her tennis coach is is like you know moving or something Mm -hmm. and she like she's like kind of devastated that he's married you know yeah so and there's like a vibe with that there is yeah and but it's like it's i mean it's it's inconsequential i mean we can we can go into that but my point the point that i'm like making is that you know we see these things where it's like there's a lot going on in these worlds and like and and aj's drinking snapple and like not (laughs) backwashing and Mm -hmm. and uh 
Adriana Laserva. Um Look what she's wearing today. Yeah. That guy's so excited. God, don't transfer me now. Oh my God. Do you wanna um do you wanna talk about Carmela's journey in this episode? You sure, yeah. <laughs> she goes to a tennis lesson. She does, yeah. I, so I mean you picked up on it too, but it seemed pretty clear to me that like we're supposed to maybe assume that in the off season, if you will, uh, that she probably had a slight crush on this tennis teacher right she's probably this tennis tutor she's probably masturbating to him maybe yeah maybe she's finished memoirs of a geisha and, and yeah and, yeah no but I, I there's a tennis coach in that book you didn't know that <laughs> there is <laughs> it's actually. actually about a tennis coach um but yeah i i noticed that as well and kind of thought like uh, you could just imagine he's another victor musto a little bit you know where she's probably just like that tennis man is really nice and like so patient with me nothing just the tennis man yeah Not you know tennis man um so yeah you can see her disappointment another person is moving out west a lot of people move out west on this show, and, oh, and the Sopranos. Correct. I, well, I don't know about that, but and the uh, the well, Soprano family specifically is always very. They're, they're like not <laughs> to, out west. That's not crazy. to throw cold water on your theory. Okay, but you, they live in Jersey. You can't really move east from Jersey. I, I suppose that's true. Yeah, not a lot of people move into international waters on the yeah. show. Uh, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. this tennis coach is going to fucking yeah. Bahrain or <laughs> yeah. something like that. I'm going to live underwater, actually. Um. Yeah, but it yeah, so it is it is very even that is very mundane. Um yeah. you know, uh yeah, it's just it's boring suburbia. But which was kind of mind blowing in a way for T V at the time. I think that's another reason I love the episode is is you know, I grew up in the suburbs in the East Coast. Um most of the T V you watch is either like in New York City, in LA, or in like a California suburb, like like just no name California suburb. You right, know? right, right. Um and so just to see like suburban life like true p- portrayed like that on TV like kind of blew my mind at the time, you know. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. I I think that's what what's nice about it is that it gives us it plants these little seeds. Um very few of which actually come up as like detail, you know, like you know, uh, Stasio mm-hmm. Fossilius or whatever his name <laughs> yeah. is doesn't like shoot Janice's new love interest in the final episode right. of this season, right? But it's not those kinds of seeds, but it gives us an idea of that this world exists around them. Yes, we're taking a break from these details of the day to day mafia, mm-hmm. and we're just seeing the things that go on sort of around them like with yeah. the, i mean we get a little tony and we get a little a little spoons and all that stuff but like we'll, we'll talk about that in the second half i guess yeah but we get kind of a nice kind of diet coke episode where we're, where we're, where we're <laughs> you know it's like That's you great. it's like you go to the same diner every week and like every now and then you're just like i'm going to try this other thing mm-hmm. and it's probably not as good mm-hmm. as like like say you're like all about the reuben you know what i mean right, you yeah, get the yeah, reuben yeah. sandwich like every friday and you're like, you know what? Now. I'm going to get a tortilla soup, right, you know? Right, <laughs> and you're just like, right. what the fuck? And then afterward, you're like, you know, I'm going to go back to the Reuben. Right. That, that didn't quite do it. Yeah. I think that it's really good uh, in that way. as as And it's really a good time as a season opener because like, yes. as time goes on in these seasons, we, ach- we, we approach a critical mass where we can't waste time on stuff like this. Yes. Also, we just get an idea of what everybody's up to around them and the fact that there are all these hives happening where AJ has his fucking idiot friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope to Christ I was cooler than him at that age. You probably weren't. Yep, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, then, you know, we've got Carmela with her tennis lesson and she's like trying to get a- Adriana into it. Mm-hmm. But there's this like new instructor that wants to scissor with Adriana. So, yeah. And then uh, we've got... The FBI, which is, it's really cool to get in there and see how the FBI is operating and to see some of the politics also. Like, yes. 
this is the first time we see someone ask for a warrant. Like, thank God we're like, it, it, it's the most uncliche, like, asking for a warrant scene maybe ever in the history of television. It is, yeah. And, like, I was thinking about what you said where you said David Chase, um, you know, he wanted to avoid the procedural. And I yeah. was thinking about that when I was watching the episode because that's a very procedural type moment. It is, yeah, for sure. And it could be, it could, but but they they still they did it in uh, I guess you know demystifying kind of way. It's it's kind of boring. The, the judge is the judge isn't just like yeah go get them like here's the here's well the, the judge is also like, he doesn't hassle them about it particularly either. It was like that's what right. I like. It was very simple. It's not really a trope in that way. You know what I mean? No, not at all. Not at all. It felt it it felt a lot different. It felt like you know it felt like they had some kind of inside information about the way it, it felt like they they did their research basically. Yeah, <laughs> you like, know? like, they're, like they're a lot good, of other good shows. FBI people. I, I mean the writers though, you know. What oh, I mean? oh. Like it felt like it wasn't just like you know. I I feel like so much so much out there is just such simplified you know cops and robbers type TV. Totally. Where like most of what they most of the quote unquote research that's put into like writing an episode of I don't know another crime procedural show is watching other crime procedural shows. You know what I mean? Right. This was like oh shit like the, the Sopranos like the, you know they're doing it like for real. Like I I kind of remember that being like sort of their their reputation is it was like. So there was something just more realistic about the show. And, it is, and, 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 and I think it, that's true. It, it to- I think that you're totally right, and I think that like when they portray the government and law enforcement in general, I think it's really. It, it, I mean, it, it's nicely done in yeah. that like they're kind of real, and it's a very yeah. like non-dramatic, non-inflammatory approach that these people seem to take with their work in the Sopranos universe, where yeah. they're like. Oh well, that didn't work out. Let's try this other thing. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean. And it and 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 they portray like a long term sort of sting or like whatever you want to call what they're doing with Tony, a long term investigation like this, mm-hmm. uh, in in a very realistic way, which is that like it's work. It's work. Yeah, they're yeah exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Like these these dudes are going to work every day, and they're like, yeah, we're getting a little closer. It's like building a fucking skyscraper. You know exactly, what I mean? It's yeah. like it's like that 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 was my job for like six years. Was like. I worked as part of a team that was like building right. a skyscraper. You know what I mean? Right, and this yeah. was my job. Right. Yeah. And like ultimately, it's it's kind of just like Skip kind of doesn't really even think about Pussy once it's over. It's right. not even really about Tony. Like I know Agent Harris and Tony well, will kind of have be a put on something new once once exactly. Tony dies yeah. or gets convicted or whatever or whatever or when you know nine eleven hadn't happened at this point yet, but there will there's even seeds. Early this early on that that anti terror was kind of starting to ramp up a little bit so in the late nineties. So you mean they wrote this show before nine eleven happened? Yes, this was two thousand. Oh, yeah. so it's funny that he. It's actually pretty astute that yeah. he uh, meant that uh, Bosco or what Rosso Grosso mm-hmm. Grosso. Yeah, Grosso. yeah. Well, he wants to look up Stasi's <laughs> name. The Polish guy on an anti terror, uh, poor immigrant. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, think that Stasiu has really good comic relief too in this episode with his uh, Martin Luther King. He does; he for sure does. Um, and what I like about it too is that the FBI agents don't always know exactly what to do. Like they're not robots, and like with like the perfect sunglasses on and like the chiseled jaw, like talking into their their cufflinks. You know, like Look, clear. Like what's this? the guy's name from the Matrix? Uh, yeah, the agents uh, Smith or whatever. They they don't look like that. You know, like when when Patsy Parisi shows up to pee in the pool, like they have no idea what to do. <laughs> And one of the great comic scenes of the episode, when the guy's like, I don't understand this at all. Um, (laughs) It's really good. He draws his weapon. He's watching this guy piss in a pool. (laughs) But, you know, there's like, for one second, the guy, like, you know, comes down on the rope and it's like exciting and they're kind of excited to like draw their guns. And then it's just like, well, what the fuck was that? You know, they didn't know what to do. Right, right, right. And the guy's putting the lamp in at the end, like, 
aren't sure what to do with the table. You know, like they're real people, I guess, basically. You know, like um, just like, the show just was just like good. Springsteen at that. talked about exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, can can we just like before we take a break? Yeah, just say a big up to Jeannie uh, Cusimano in this episode. Yeah, she is so funny with her. They're in the. They're yeah. in them, like she. It's like when Fonzie can't say "I'm sorry," right. <laughs> or no, I was, yeah, or I, I, love I was you. wrong. No, it was, I was. Oh, I thought it was "I love you." Oh, I thought it was "I was wrong." And oh, maybe, he maybe, goes, maybe. He goes, maybe. I, I, he goes, "I was, I, I was." <laughs> but it's exactly what it reminds me of. Right. But she's so funny. They're different for the neighborhood. They're different. Right. She sounds like such a rich white woman. Yeah, she totally does. Yeah, it's uh, a, yeah, it's cringeworthy. Um, she's but great. she's excited to kind of even, even gossip a, a little bit about it, which you she know she has no idea. That's the fight. What if she said they're in the mafia? Do you think the FBI would have like called her as a witness, like if this mm. Rico case ever happened? <laughs> I don't know. Can maybe. you imagine our star witness, Jeannie Cusimano? Oh my god! And then Jeannie gets whacked. <laughs> oh god, that'd be amazing. And then we that, should write no, to them that, and tell them that's the spinoff. Coos. The coos. <laughs> the coos protecting his wife. It's him driving home to that same Alabama Three song. It's basically like them having to do like the final season of Breaking Bad where they like hit the road <laughs> and they go and buy like a giant Gatling gun. I like that. Or a prequel about the about how Dr. Cusimano met Tony before his panic attack. Um, all right, well, we should take a break and uh, come back and basically talk about a lot of the same stuff. Do we have to? <laughs> because I guess we, we could just continue on. Uh, but no, we'll be back. We'll talk a little bit about that Patsy Parisi incident. Uh, Meadow in college. We're going to talk about her new roommate. And, uh, and we'll just catch up on where everyone is and, and talk about you know what they're setting up for season three. I completely agree. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back. This is No Fucking ZD. No fucking ZD is brought to you by your sister's crotch in the morning. All right, I say welcome back. You don't say welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to No Fucking ZD, episode twenty-seven. <laughs> Uh, we are still talking about Mr. Ruggiero's neighborhood. We kept talking about it during the break. We just stopped recording because that's how it goes. Yeah. But, and we wasted so many cool yeah, uh, insights. All our ideas. insight was in the break. Actually, we just ate chips and went to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's, I guess, uh, we can get through this Patsy Parisi thing pretty quickly. Um, His brother's dead. He wants to be dead. He's not dead. Tony right. is afraid he's going to be dead because of Patsy. There you go. Okay, perfect. That was that was it. Um, Patsy is not a brand new character. Uh, he was definitely in Funhouse. He's been, he's been there kind of in the background for the past couple episodes. No, he's he's been around, but once again, one of the uh, the seeds that David Chase planted inside of us <laughs> is, is uh, has grown into something. Sure. And uh, uh, we're reminded of, I mean, it's a little bit of table setting for the season, but like in a weird way, not a lot of this plays out, I guess, over more than just this episode, right? Like, no, I mean, this is this is like a little bit of token drama for Tony. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 just bringing us back into the world, um, you know, to kind of reorient us. We know we, and remember and uh, are reminded of at least that 
there was beef between Tony and Junior, his uncle last season, and uh, of course we have to get reminded of who Gigi is because he's going to be uh, almost major player over the next couple episodes. Poor, he, poor he, kid. He has the potential to be a major player, but we'll uh, we'll see where that goes on the piece you do. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, spoiler alert to, to set it up a little bit in case you, for some strange reason, haven't been listening to the podcast. Um, at the beginning of season two, Patsy's twin brother, Philly, mur- uh, is murdered by Gigi. Gigi. Uh, and that officially... And, and, and Polly's favorite bag. Don't yeah, forget. and Polly's favorite piece of luggage. Uh, and that officially lets Tony take over from Junior. I, that, I think, uh, basically, I think what happens there is he's killed enough of Junior's guys that now his Tony's crew is larger, and Tony can officially just step in and be boss, and that's it. And that's it. it. Yeah. Um, so, Patsy has been a very minor character, uh throughout the end back half of season two at least right, um right, right, he right, right. has a little bit of a spotlight here where he's upset about his twin brother they they have that great conversation about twin telepathy and christopher says that great line about nothing being crazy anymore the older he gets oh my god and and he's like totally not helping tony you know move the conversation past a little bit right you know not at I all mean? yeah i feel like paulie and uh and Gigi are like the only two people to pick up on what's going on in that scene where patsy won't stop talking about his brother christopher i think since he, at least until this point, he's not a made guy quite yet. Um, so no, he's, he's he's like almost made. I mean, d- don't we find out? We found out when uh, last, last last episode, last episode made, that he's yeah. perhaps going to be made. Right. So and, we can assume yeah. we can assume that he maybe doesn't know exactly what happened with Philly with Philly Parisi spoons. Yeah, perha- um, perhaps he doesn't. But also, Chrissy always has a knack for he does saying. The wrong thing, sort yeah. of. As we will definitely see next week at uh, at the wake. We'll get there. We'll I get can't there. wait it's, for that. It's shit. amazing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Christopher is kind of making it worse, and uh, and basically, I mean, this kind of all happens in the background. Like Tony's not even really aware of um of Patsy in the backyard. You know, I mean, he he knows there's a problem, but he doesn't realize it's like that bad. Um. No, I know, and and, and I mean, Patsy knows what happened. Mm-hmm. It's the life we chose. It is the life we chose. You know, yes. that's the, the, that podcast Pod life. life. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I think this is a great example of Tony being a really good mobster. Yeah. And he's this was a good move on his part, and it and it um it almost feels humane that he just he decided to bring Patsy over and keep an eye on him rather than just clip him. <laughs> yeah. Know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, if it got bad enough, I'm sure he would have. But uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, you know, I mean, he's been a boss now for like two and a half years, roughly in Soprano time, I guess. Right. Um. So he commands a certain amount of respect now from everybody. You know, uh, him sitting at the head of the table there at lunch. You know, I mean, like, he's uh, he's, yeah, he's getting better at at all that kind of stuff and dealing with people. You know, like. Because this this really could have turned into another Richie situation if you let it get too out of hand, but he just knows like I'm going to squash this immediately, and um, yeah. and 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 fix it through uh yeah some some peacetime talks. He also sort of doesn't like lie to him in a in, mm-hmm. in a in a super. He doesn't like defend himself. He just says you're past this, right? Right. Yeah. Like yeah, that's true. He kind of just strong arms him and is like, "I don't care how you feel." Right. You yeah, know. Yeah. I think he does a good job of that. Well, he reminds him that uh, that Patsy's making a lot more money now that he's come to Tony's crew. He, right, he right. brings up uh, specifically. He he says that you know you just bought your daughter a house, right? He reminds him of that, which is probably a pretty big purchase if you already own one of your own house. Like buying one for, from uh, for your daughter is probably a lot. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um. So Patsy kind of has to make the decision that. 
pretty much everyone else on the show has already made. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Carmela back in college said, like she chose what she chose that house over what was right. You know. Yeah. Um. So he he very quickly is has that decision in front of him, and and Tony makes him say the opposite. You know. Dude. Um. Yeah. So. But I, he peed in his pool. <laughs> so. But he did pee in his pool. I do uh, the great joke there with him saying, "Bring the kids over. We'll have them jump in the pool together." <laughs> oh, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> oh Amazing. my god, that's actually hilarious. Patsy's because... face is incredible, and of course, little... I didn't even realize. <laughs> I've never gotten that joke. Oh, that's like the, that's the icing on the cake with that scene right there. That's, that's the great. pee on the cake. <laughs> I guess so. Um. And Patsy's kid, AJ, does eventually meet and hang out with him, right? Right. But, There's two, but, Patsy has but two kids, I right? I believe it's right before AJ tries to kill himself. Uh, it is, yeah. He hangs out with, with um, it's Carlo's kid and, and Patsy's kid, yeah. And right. But then also, spoiler, Meadow is engaged to the older son there. So Patsy has two oh, kids. Oh, right. Patsy has two sons, and one of which is younger and crazy. Right, yeah. The older one is a lawyer. I believe he's a, I believe he's a defense lawyer, right? And mm. and probably defending people like Patsy and Tony. Probably um, going to wind up defending Patsy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there in 2021-ish. Blast someone's nipples on right. the luxury <laughs> leather seats. That's true. Patsy, yeah, Patsy actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because I, I was thinking about this episode. How he's it, no joke, dude. No, he's, he is no joke, and he does last a long time, and really it's like this scene in this episode where he makes that decision to just be like, I'm going to let this go. If I let this go, I won't wind up like my brother, and I'll make a pretty good amount of money from it probably, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's a really good point, that Patsy, the season is kind of bookended by Patsy in a weird way, and uh, I guess... That's I'm, true, actually. I didn't think of that till now, because... Oh, what? is this the season where we're going to get some Gloria? Mm-hmm. She's uh, going to be a couple episodes away from Gloria. Oh, yeah. Amor foe or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, and Patsy has that great scene, which we'll, we'll get to in a couple weeks. But um, You mean where he's on the phone talking about how to cook stuffed shells? Yes, that's the one. Yeah. That's absolutely the one. <laughs> um, so that's kind of interesting. We'll have to pay attention to that scene, because I didn't even really think about the fact that he kind of uh, is right at the top of the season and then a, a major, kind of major player at the end of the season as well. So well, he cool. does he does some heavy lifting for Tony. When Tony decides to turn his back on someone. Right. And then he says, you know, while you're at it, go swim in Tony's pool. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> we'll have to keep track of, actually, now that you mentioned this, we'll have to keep track of every time someone uses the Soprano pool this season. I guess we will, because, yeah. You know, they're swimming. I guess they're swimming in Patsy's pee, like, until he drains it in season six. Pretty oh, much. Oh, no, until Carmela drains it in season four. Right, yeah. Well, we would hope that the filter system works, but who knows? The boiler certainly does not. It's still pee-pee. Yeah. You know. And, uh, and that's a great segue back into the FBI stuff here. Back into the FBI stuff. Because... The water heater. Right. So, in the first half, we talked about their initial stakeouts, you know, trying to get into Tony's house because they want to plant some kind of bug in the house to listen to him in the basement um yeah talking about some criminal dealings and uh uh just a great joke with this whole um boiler exploding the fact that they know ahead of time you know the fbi has has video footage of inside the house right, when right, they stake right. it out i love that they know ahead of time it's about to explode um and then i love that it's they still don't even really put it together when it does, you know, yeah, they're not sure what totally the ironic was. that that happens. Yeah, it's great. Um, so, yeah, just very, very funny. And uh, it's just fun to watch them when they're watching the video. And he's like, I have that same Black and Decker, you know, like Grosso's such a fucking tool, man. He, he kind of is. He's got yeah. that dumb grin on his face. Like, oh, he's just like me. He's got a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's that's probably true, though. You know, like they, or they probably he's do just feel, as dumb as us. You know, he's <laughs> disappointing to me. <laughs> <laughs> you would hope that the FBI would be, FBI would be a little smarter. Yeah. Um, 
just another really mundane thing. And that's that's another reason I really like that. Because, you know, you expect this... Well, I guess we as the audience kind of maybe figure it out. But, like, the FBI thinks this is a big family emergency. And, like, what's the drama about? Like, what's happening? No, but it's just regular stupid life. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of that. And um, Regular stupid life? Yes. Because mine is quite regular and quite stupid, actually. Yeah, me too. It sucks. Yeah. Um, Having some people over for dinner tonight. Yeah. Can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know they're they're undeterred. They still they still end up getting it in, and and I I like the process here actually. I like them stealing the lamp, and and I watching the woman paint the lamp. I think is really interesting and cool. This is just like every show needs those episodes that stick out like sore thumbs. That you're kind of mm-hmm. like you know every time I'm rewatching the series, I'm like here we go. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. like I love like you know it, it, there's there's not a lot of complexity to this episode. No. We sort of know what's going on, and it's also also like very tidy in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not an ongoing thing where they talk about this, and then four episodes later they get this lamp planted. Right? You know what I mean? Like they do it all here. Tony squashes the beef with Patsy. Yeah. Um, Meadow has a psychotic roommate. Well, yeah. So that's like one of the few storylines from this episode that will actually play out i mean sort I guess of a, i guess a bunch it'll of play will. out in like the most boring possible way i suppose it will but you know like do you as someone who also isn't from new york city do you relate to caitlin at all when her when like you mean do i go out all night and then i sing in my panties when i come back well yeah i know you do that <laughs> every time we do the podcast evan strips down and do does that panties. that dance that caitlin does um, no but i mean like yeah you know when you first get here it's like just absolutely incredible however like the sound design in that scene, I feel like captures New York. It's just all these, it's all these sirens and this. It's tons always of noise. loud and shitty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it, that kind of punches you in the face almost immediately. I agree, but the, see, the thing that I had was, I mean, I moved from like a mellow place, not where Caitlin's from, wherever the fuck, She's, but I, I Virginia or whatever. I forget. We'll probably find out. But she says y'all. Someone's gonna one fucking the first thing tweet at us about it. Probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, but. Um, no, when I but when I moved, I lived in Boston first, which That's is like true. a mellower version of an East Coast city. Yeah, and like I got used to like walking and like being on these streets, you know, right. and like all that shit. But uh, when I'm, I mean, I still have like, oh my god, like New York is freaking me out, itis. You me know too. I mean? Like yeah, sometimes, sure. I mean, like like I don't live in a crazy area of New York, kind of like out, not definitely not in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got like, there's a little space I can walk down the street and not bang into everybody Mm -hmm. but like i still have moments where like i get up you know like on a saturday morning we get up and we go to we're like we got to go shopping at some place like that's going to be really busy Mm -hmm. sometimes it'll just like it's like not in my chemistry and i also think it's complete like like if you really want to get into it i think that the way that new yorkers live is like completely unnatural like Mm. we're not meant to be packed in like this there's plenty of room yeah i mean yeah i mean i love living here and i think it's a great place to live and it's it's wonderful that there are so many people here but if you but on like a an evolutionary type of level i don't think we're meant to you know be packed in like this and sort of cope with the sensory input that comes with that yeah i guess not and and when you think about it too like it, it used to be that you would you know work hard make a little money in the city so that you could move out of it you know right and now exactly. it's kind of the opposite like people like you and i and people like i guess like caitlin yeah. are flocking to the city and and yeah, and sure. there's a certain amount of culture shock there for sure there's a lot of culture yeah, shock yeah. and there's a lot of 
like I mean the su- the fact that she mentions the subway with the guy eating the cacciatore pieces. Yeah. Uh, was that wait was that yes. this episode? Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and I love that he's like a bodybuilder eating like, chicken <laughs> cacciatore on the subway. Yes. Like that's. You know, you learn a lot on the subway. You do, like, and yeah, that's not an uncommon experience. I'm no. sure you've had one like that, and it well, is... Well, if it's ever rush hour and you see that there are some seats open, watch out. Yes, definitely. That's... If a train pulls up and for some, and it's crowded on every car except for one, you didn't win the lottery. Yeah, <laughs> do not exactly. get on that one. Don't get on that car. <laughs> it's, it's either a thousand degrees, or it's or there's like literally shit in the middle, like in a perfect yeah. neat pile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just a little bit of pee around it. Yeah, probably. and like a dude. Like pointing to it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it will smell worse than anything you've ever smelled in your entire yeah. life. Yeah, just trust, just trust us. Do not get on the one empty subway car. Yeah, that's exactly. that's all we can impart to you. If only um, we could have been there for Caitlin. <laughs> I know, yeah, but I, I mean, I watch it and uh, I, I still wonder about Caitlin's storyline. I mean, we have a couple episodes with her to, to talk about it. It's 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 certainly strange. Um, it's uh, I mean, Meadow can handle the city. We we know Meadow's Meadow's tough. also not that far away from home. That's, That's the true other thing. Too, she goes yeah. home quite o- quite o- quite often. Mm-hmm. She goes home quite often, mm-hmm, and she, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like she does her laundry at home still. Right. Um, yeah. She goes. Her she, mom does her laundry her, for her. Her mom does her just... laundry for her and still cooks a bunch of shit. Ugh, God. And I mean, I would uh, love that, but yeah. she's pathetic, <laughs> you know. But like, you know, like she, she gets banged by that that dude, and then mm-hmm. uh, you know Jamal Ginsburg, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, <laughs> Oh. We're quoting Tony there. Quoting Tony. Uh, but, uh, you know, and then she goes right home, mm-hmm. you know, to talk to her mom about it. She's very attached to her home. And yeah. and and yet I think that, like, what we're seeing is something where, I mean, this, we'll get into this more as the season goes on. We will, yeah. But, like, Caitlin is being sensitive. Meadow is choosing not to be and choosing not to be sensitive to Caitlin in a lot of ways because she's like, yes, she's like, I don't know why it's so hard for her. She's crazy. And clearly she's, like, crazy, but, like. You know, she's having a hard time, but also Meadow's not acknowledging why it's simpler for her. Yeah, I, you know? I guess not. Yeah. yeah. But also, who the, I don't fucking care about any of this, to be totally honest with you. I, I Can we not talk about Meadow until she has sex with that guy? <laughs> I suppose not. Well, we have to talk about it next week because I think that's when Tony first meets the guy, right? So we have to talk about that. Um, right. But... It's. I think the thing to pay attention to here. <laughs> Yo, if Tony was bo- trying to trying to break the guy's balls, if he found out. Like, I bet that he would have walked up to him and been like, hey, how's it going? You have a condom? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the, like with Richie, how he went, you got any blow? Yeah. You know, like, just walks right up to him. You got a condom? Um, I, think, I think the thing to pay attention to there with this story is this season has a lot to do with Tony and Carmela as parents and, like, what they've passed down to their kids. Because, I mean, we'll get into it with AJ specifically when he starts to have those panic attacks towards the end of the season. Well, he starts playing football, which I think, I mean, the panic attacks are super interesting, but the football thing, Mm -hmm. like... Junior varsity, too. Considering that he's all about fucking coal chamber and, like, the worst music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In fact, like, we should make the NFZ soundtrack based on the sweatshirts that he wears. We should, like, Power Man 5000 and other stuff. Shit like that. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, the football thing. Uh, he's he's starting to be a little bit like Tony here and there, and of course the panic attacks is a direct reference to it. But 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 yeah, I think that that storyline is with Meadow, Noah, and Caitlin is about their upbringing and com- and comparing them. You know what's interesting that I noticed this time around is that we find out for the first time that Meadow's at Columbia. Yeah, from the FBI. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Except Did they not say where she's going at the end of Funhouse? In they, the dream, she picks in Columbia. In the dream. Yeah. But 
who knows i know yeah I guess but um but no in this one the the fbi woman mm-hmm. who apparently like isn't the one to go undercover with adriana uh yeah and also who apparently loves to read that that cork board in the, in the hallway that's literally all she's doing like why didn't anyone think that was suspicious you know this fbi the, the fbi oh, woman yeah, following yeah, that totally up for yeah like two weeks straight is just like reading this 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 bulletin board the well, entire that's, that's what carmella does yeah maybe that's like the way that they figure out that it's someone who doesn't live in the dorm is that yeah. they, that's someone reading the court board like carmella does that yeah I guess um, so. anyway it's like, just a funny detail see this look a rally um no but she mentions that Meadow went to Columbia. That was yeah. That was the whole point. Okay, great. <laughs> and what we also learned, uh, first of all, Hunter Scanger- Hunter Scangarello is back. By the way, um, oh, that's actually like one of my favorite moments is when she says, "Do you like citron jello shots?" And 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 what does Caitlin say? Like, I don't know. She, no, she's like, I haven't had alcohol in a week or something like that. And she's like detoxing for some. Str- I mean, not for some strange reason, for some clear reason, apparently. But. Yeah. Well, it, the look on Hunter's face, she's just like, uh, oh, no, you're a bummer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but we find out through Hunter that Eric Scutino is just uh, wasting away at State College doing acid all the time. So he's just turned into total burnout, which is kind of sad, actually. Uh, it's really sad because he used to tuck in his shirt and drive cheerleaders to practice. Yeah. And now he's just just frying his brain yeah just frying his brain away i'm sad and that that goes right back to tony that would not be happening if it wasn't for tony soprano that's actually totally true but Mm. it's also you know a man made a bet he lost he made a bet again he lost again yeah and and meadow i mean meadow like doesn't i'm even even... torn about that one you know what i mean well yes agreed yeah i agree i agree i'm way out on a limb here but like it's kind of his dad's fault yeah, it's it's both. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> we're done with season two, <laughs> but uh, we just go but, back and like rehash some more shit. You want to just talk about season two still? Um, so anyway, I think we need to redo all of our episodes just from an ethical standpoint. You know, I, agree. I think that that's the next step for this show. There's a lot in life that I want to redo, and the podcast is certainly t- <laughs> on that list <laughs> on for top, sure. Yeah, absolutely on the top of that list. Um, overall, though, it's uh, it's it is a it is a slight episode in a way. Um, and I guess, I mean, but it, I, it still does fit to me into this, the whole general soprano, like pathos, I guess a little bit. It is, you know, I, I really feel like the, as we're rewatching it now, um, this show really is about just people just waiting for something to happen and nothing usually does. And I think that this episode sort of fits right in line with that. You That's know? actually what Polly says at one point. Like, you know, like I, what does he say? He's like, I spent a few years in the army, a few few years in a can. Oh, in, not like, in a can, the can. In the can. Yeah, <laughs> he was a few years in a can. <laughs> <laughs> the can. Polly was in Paul. Excuse me. Paul well, was in the can. He says, uh, well, when uh, it's in uh, Legend of Tennessee Multisanti, yeah. when yeah. when Chrissy says, "Did you ever?" One think that nothing special was going to happen to you, and he yeah. goes, "Yeah, and nothing did." And that's that's really life, you You're, know. You, you, you've really got kind of a Paul Walnuts vibe <laughs> today. <laughs> I do, know? yeah. <laughs> um, but that's life, you know. Even for the FBI, like I was saying earlier, it's 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 just like they're probably just waiting for these exciting moments too. In the same way that the mafia is, in the same way that Genie Cusimano is, you right. know, and, this, and, and you know that guy with the with the binoculars. That's like. Watching Adriana and watching the tennis coach—that's one of the most exciting things that's happened to him, like in the past couple years. Just like Agent Harris being super excited about getting the bug in the house. Um, it's anything to break up the monotony of life. People seem to really love, you know. And uh, and I—that's—I I, feel like that's a major key to the uh, to the the whole series, really. You know, like major, major key. Yeah. No, um, I, I completely agree. 
I th- I just think that I I just hesitate to make this episode important. I hear you. Because it has factual importance. Yes. It has functional importance. It doesn't really tell us much about anybody. I, I hear you. Yeah. I mean, it, it. Yeah. You you could easily watch it and not read into anything and just and strictly look at it from like a plot standpoint. Like, okay, the FBI is like is closing in on him a little bit. Actually, you know? he, actually, you know what my favorite thing about this episode is is that. Like you know, so the the whole uh, the whole uh, Patsy thing kind of mm-hmm. fizzles. Mm-hmm. Lots of the stuff in this episode totally fizzles. Yeah, you know what else fizzles? This lamp thing. Nothing yeah. real. We don't really hear about it. Nothing really happens. They don't use it. Yep. He goes down there and he gets on his elliptical, like fucking DJ Khaled or something, yeah. and like <laughs> listens to Hotel California. And that's like that's like they sort of tell us in the episode because they're like, oh my god, they're downstairs. Right. Oh my god. And then. And then she's like, you know, they're like, no, you use the machine. No, it's okay. Yeah. I was on the bike. You it's know, super like, boring. It's yeah, like super fucking boring. Yeah. And no wonder they overstay because they're like, come on, just say something, please. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're doing their job, but they're also just looking for something exciting to stand out. You know, because yeah, they're sitting there reading the fucking newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I agree. Like, there's, there's, there's not too much to to chew on, I guess, if you will. But like. There is. I prefer to think, yeah, not much to suck on. Sure, <laughs> but there is, there is a. Uh, but I, I do think thematically it does fit in. I think the the Patsy Parisi scene is is a nice little like microcosm, if you will, where it's kind of like, oh my god, like something's gonna happen, and then nothing does, and then it's just something really silly and absurd because that nothing happens. Nothing really does no. ever happen. I mean, this well, is like life. ridiculous to say, but like nothing kind of does. I mean, there's if a- you're lucky, nothing does usually happen, and unfortunately, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and these guys are fire starters, sort of. So, right. like, sometimes, I'm serious. Like, so, so sometimes things do happen, but it's usually not good. Right. Like, the, like it's kind of we should be so lucky to have nothing happen. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those are generally the good times that uh, you complain about as they're happening, but then remember later on. And I, so, so it's I, so true. Isn't yeah. It? So that's basically my takeaway from this whole episode is that yes, not a lot happens. Yes, they were clearly stalling production wise. I think because because Nancy Marchand died and they needed to figure out what they were going to do now for season three. Totally. Elements of the episode feel super rushed to me. Those fade outs from the FBI scenes just feel very rushed to me, you know, like when they're like, it's aesthetically, look, it's story wise, character wise, aesthetically, it's much different from the rest of the show, especially where the show is right now. I feel like this would be more fitting in season one. Maybe. You know what I mean? Because it's, because it's it's just, it's just too overt. It's very telling. There's lots of, there are lots of facts, Mm -hmm. lots of things that like, let's little, you know snacks for us to hold on to yes. for like later on yeah but you know i mean it's 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 a cool episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean it makes you th- it makes you think something big is about to happen and then and but in sopranos fashion ultimately yeah nothing really does no and, and, and then uh, the things that do happen this season are completely usually what happens is not what people are attempting to make happen. Mm-hmm. It's usually something that's brought up by the worst part of them. Right. And like, right. so like Gloria Trillo is a great example of that. Cause like Tony's kind of got a pretty good thing going on at the beginning of this season, you know, like mm-hmm. Furio's solid, you know, mm-hmm. he squashes this thing with Patsy. He's got a fucking lamp, you know, like <laughs> things are okay with Carmela. She's taking tennis lessons. Right. AJ sucks. Meadow sucks, but that's okay. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's, that's the whole thing. Right. But that doesn't, you know, that doesn't really keep, that's right. all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Anyway, so anyway, I, I guess I, I guess we kind of we nailed it. This I think episode. we fucking killed it. Yeah, yeah, crushed it. Um, we will be back next week to talk about I think one of my favorite episodes. Um, one of my favorite 86 episodes of the show. 
uh, Proshai Lavushka. It's, it's it's definitely it's, top hundred. It's ex- easily for it's, it's one of the best, I think, and uh, it is, I think, the episode that really got me into the show. So I'm very excited to talk about that. Yeah, and um, maybe top Chrissy scene. One of the probably. Top scenes. Yeah, I I have a theory that uh, season threes are usually the best season of most TV shows. Oh, it's like track six on a on a on an album. Is that what they say? On a rock record. That's what I say. <laughs> okay, I just think season one you're figuring things out. Season two you're kind of like playing with what you've figured out and by season three well, you, you just need, hit the yeah. hit a hit a stride. Well there's a there's an amount of work that has to go in to seasons one and two. You can't just right. like come out of the gate. And that's that's why I think that like some of the shows like Boardwalk Empire and like even vinyl that like mm-hmm. you know writers that I consider more advanced like Terry mm-hmm. Winter are are doing they're a little hard to get into at the beginning because yeah. they treat their early seasons like a later season where things are sort of established and these characters are so deep. Yeah. It really, I mean, it's actually more like what they do in those shows now is like they they really put that on the audience to like start to figure yeah, it out yeah, and get yeah. their sea legs right. where they hit the ground running. Whereas like I think that the way that they did it with Sopranos, um, I, I can't really say that it's preferable because I do think that like seasons one and two have their pitfalls, you know, but like, uh, yeah. like stylistically – but um, I think that it's really cool the leg the amount of legwork that went into where we are now. Yeah, yeah, and what they're agree. able to do. Yep. For um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's a good one. It's gonna be a good one. It is a good show. Yeah. It's a we'll we'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we will still watch it. Yes, we will, we will still watch it. All right. So we will be back next week as always. Let me just get it out of the way. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Email us at aol.com. Go fuck yourself. And go fuck yourselves, please. Uh, talk to us on Reddit. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>